welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Good morning. Um, so if you have Actually, I was going to say, if you've got a phone, why don't you get it out, and we'll read a passage together. But actually, let's not get our phones out. I'll get my phone out, and I'll read it to you, the passage to you. And you can just sit with your eyes closed and let the words kind of sink in. Uh, I will wake you up if you're uh, that kind of person when I finish the reading. But um, let me me read this to you. This is from Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. If you're the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it's written... He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift your, ha- your hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I'll give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said, Away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. When was the last time you were bored? I mean, properly bored. You know, kind of... When was the last time you felt like that? Because I think we live in a culture where boredom is at risk of becoming extinct. It's at risk of becoming extinct because of these things. And like I, I love my, let me rephrase that. I really value having a phone. (laughs) It's not even just a phone anymore, is it? It's a mobile device. Uh, Because uh, they have worked out that there are all sorts of ways that we will pay to be entertained in those moments where we used to have nothing to do. Uh, I, I, I appreciate there's all sorts of different age groupings in here, but for some of the uh, younger members of, uh, of this uh, group, there was a time once upon a time, not that long ago, where if you were on a plane and you finished your book, you then had the choice of trying to get to sleep or reading the in-flight magazine. And if you finished reading the in-flight magazine, you kind of ended up looking at the instructions in case something bad happened to the plane. And then when you ran out of that, you kind of you know, looked at the food menu and then you went back and you looked again at what happened in case of a crisis on the airplane. And, and you just got bored. Or you were sat on a train and you forgot your book 
or your Walkman had run out of batteries, uh, and so you were just stuck. <laughs> and we didn't know what to do. I was on a and, and I was on a tube one time, and uh, when I was growing up, and I just bought a an LP. For those of you who don't know what an LP is, this is this thing called a record. And you put it on a turntable, and it's a physical thing. And you put it on, and it sort of makes music, plays music. Um, and I just bought, a, uh, I'd gone to a record shop, and I'd bought uh, Elton John's record. I can't remember which one it was. And I was on the tube, and everyone was sat there quietly, minding their own business, staring at their feet, looking out the window, you know, kind of not really talking, but all being bored. And then this guy, I, I love North Americans. I love North Americans. I love North America. Um, but, but there's something, you know, that thing where sort of a part of someone else's culture kind of comes crashing into yours. Well, one of those, just one of those moments, we were all, everyone sat quietly on their tube, minding their own business, and this guy opposite me, I've never met him before, says, oh, what record you buy? Uh, you talk, oh, you're talking to me. Oh, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, oh, it's my, he's my favourite artist. And like, we had this conversation, you could see everybody else going, that poor man, that poor guy. He, he has just had his boredom invaded by, by this over-enthusiastic um, person. And uh, you know, people kind of doing the equivalent of kind of staring over their newspaper, hoping that he didn't then turn and talk to them, because he was bored, he didn't have anything else to do, so I thought well, I might actually talk to someone. But what's happened in our culture is with the uh, arrival of mobile devices is, is that increasingly we never have time where we can't be occupied with something. You're standing in the queue at the bus, pull out your mobile device and, you know, scroll through your Twitter feed or, or through your social media feed or just check your email or, or send someone a message or something, you know, to occupy those minutes when you're waiting or you're, um, you're, or you're, um, you arrive somewhere early, and uh, you could just sit and take it in. But you know, let's just get the the boredom numbing device out, and let's just switch off and disengage. Or, and excuse me for like veering towards the person. You go to the loo. There was a time when you just you'd go to the loo. That would be it. There might be a book in the loo. Um, I know for men this is a cave time thing, but you know, but now yeah, out comes the phone. Or, you know, again, like there's not a moment that can't be it can't be taken up, a moment of like alone time that can't be taken up by distraction um, from one of these. And as amazing as they are, what it means is is that our world is increasingly just full of noise. There's just noise everywhere coming at us at all sorts of different directions. And partly we like the noise because it distracts us from having to spend time by ourselves, having to spend time not talking to someone. Now, I recognize some of us are introverts, and the thought of spending time by ourselves is like heaven. But I'm not an introvert. I'm an extrovert, so I, like, I love being with people. And you know, I get, I get restless if I'm not with people, you know, uh, for long periods of time. But there's this noise just kind of coming at all directions from us. And what that's meant is, is that increasingly, as a culture, we are struggling to be present. We're struggling to be present 
with the people who are with, we're with. Because at the back of our minds, what's going on? Like, and I, like this is a talk to myself, mostly, and welcome to my dialogue with myself. But I have, um, I'm with some friends, and what I'm thinking is, has X replied to my WhatsApp? I wonder uh, what's happened with the football. Um, what time was that thing I was supposed to be doing later? Oh, goodness, I must just reply quickly. And, and I'm sat with someone, and I'm half there, but I'm half not. And I know I'm not the only one, because I've sat with people, and I, they're sort of... Yeah, you know, you know the drill. We've all, we've all done it. And there's no guilt and there's no shame, but let's, let's just talk about it. And, and so that means that we're not fully present with the people that we're with. It means that we're not fully present to what's happening around us. Um, I love being outside. I love being you know, in, the, in the countryside. I've got an excuse now because I had a dog. I used to walk without a dog, and I've come to understand now that round here, people just think you're weird if you're walking without a dog. But uh, like, I now have a dog, so everything's fine. I'm, I'm slightly less weird. Um, but I love it. And sometimes even though I'll just be driving home and I'll just stop the car and think, oh my goodness, this is just such a beautiful view. I just want to stop and I want to uh, take it in for a moment. Or I'll be driving and I'll say, um, I'll say to the boys in the car, oh man, isn't it beautiful? Like, you know, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, you're so embarrassing. How can I be embarrassed? Uh, you're just embarrassing like, because you're embarrassing because you're, you're our dad. You know, like forget about the view and all the rest of it. You're just embarrassing. And so we're not present with our surroundings. And, you know, more and more studies are coming out saying the importance of being in the outside just for our mental health, for our sense of well-being. And we're missing it because we're, you know, this one time, well, many times when I'm walking Marley, I'll see someone and they're walking and they're literally just doing this. And, um, you know, they're not really taking in what's going on. It, you know, they're kind of doing about six other things at the same time. And like, I, I get it. I get it. This, this one lady lost her dog, Bluebell. And she's, Bluebell, Bluebell. And I'd seen her earlier on, and uh, she'd been on her phone. I thought, well, no wonder you lost Bluebell. Bluebell was asked for your company, and she hasn't got it, so she's just disappeared off on her own. <laughs> like, I'm guilty of that, too. I, I, you know, occasionally, most days, take a picture of where I am, because I just love taking pictures. But again, it's partly in that moment, I take a picture, but I've, dis like, I've, I've gone from enjoying it to taking a photograph of it. The other thing that happens is we, we, if we're not present with other people and we're not present with our environment, we're not present fully with God. Because there's all this noise uh, going on. And there's two different types of noise, isn't there? There's external noise and there's internal noise. Um, I've got these. Flipping amazing. Battery 40%. They're noise-canceling headphones, so I can't hear anything at all at the moment. And it's amazing. I can just shut the world off totally. Um, for a few moments at home, every now and again, I can just sit down and I can just turn the noise off. I can't hear anything at all. And it's amazing. I recognize I might be talking quite loudly, but that's because I can't hear what I'm saying. There's all sorts of external noise that we can switch ourselves off from, isn't there? There's the phone. 
there's the television, there's all sorts of different external noise. And there, there are things that we can do to help us deal with the external noise. We can turn the phone off. We can turn the television off. We can go for a walk. We can have a nap. We can put on our noise-cancelling headphones. But what about the internal noise? I don't have a set of these for this. I don't, well, what are the equivalent of these for the internal noise? Now, internal noise looks different for everybody. I, I recognize that. But I want to tell you what my internal noise looks like. My internal noise, if left unchecked, uh, leads to anxiety about things that I don't need to worry about, social anxiety. It leads to my mind just going all sorts of weird and wonderful places because there's this noise, this, inter this internal unsettlement going on. My lack of internal quiet means that I look and I compare myself to other people. I begin to feel insecure about myself. And so what I do is I, in my lesser moments, is I allow the external noise to distract me from the internal noise. I allow, you know, the phone or the television or whatever it is to distract me from sometimes the pain, sometimes, you know, the confusion or the misunderstanding that I'm feeling. And Jesus, in the passage that we've read, provides a model of what it's like to put on a pair of those internally, to put on the noise-canceling headphones for our souls. And it's silence and it's solitude. And I want to make the point, it's important to understand this, that Solitude is not the same as isolation. And solitude, when Jesus, a number of times in the, in the Bible, we see Jesus having had a frenetic time of ministry saying to his disciples, come, let's go to a quiet place and be by ourselves. He's not saying, let's go home, get a couple of beers out, order a pizza in and watch a streaming service. That is not the solitude that he is talking about. He's saying, come and be away with me. And the reason why I picked that passage uh, to kind of be the focal point of the thinking is because, just being totally honest, I've got a degree in theology. I've been ordained for, you know, however long it is, 15 years. I've been a Christian for 30. And I only realized last week that I had completely misunderstood that passage and what was going on. And I totally misunderstood it because I was thinking, there's Jesus. He's been in the desert. You know, he hasn't eaten for 30 days. If I haven't eaten for a day, I am, was it hangry? I get hangry, something like that. Or then if I then have food, having not eaten, that's a whole other experience, but that's just watch me take off and go into orbit when I have that Chinese. But I have thought, when I've thought about that passage, I've thought about Jesus, and I've thought, you know, the 
so the devil, isn't it? He's gone and he's seen, found him at his weakest, lowest point. He's been on his own for 40 days. He's had no human company. He's been on his own and he hasn't eaten, so he's vulnerable. And Satan comes and like starts tempting him. And I just realized I just totally misunderstood what's going on. And I think the devil did too. What the devil thought was isolation, was solitude. The Greek word for wilderness, it talks about Jesus being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. One of the Greek words for that, or the translation of the Greek word gnosis, is solitude. And solitude, like I said, is different from isolation. Isolation is when we feel cut off from everyone around us. And do you know what? We can be surrounded by people and feel isolated. That is different from solitude. Solitude is where we take ourselves out to a spacious place like Jesus did. And what actually happened was the devil didn't get him his weakest. The devil got him at his strongest. He'd had 40 days of solitude where he'd had company with God. He had 40 days to think and ponder and meditate on Scripture. He had 40 days of prayer and fasting. He wasn't weak. He was strong. He was in a totally strong place, which is why when he gets tempted, he just comes back straight away with Scripture because he's had 40 days on his own with God to think about it, to let it marinate, let it, to, let it transform his soul and his understanding of himself. And if that's true for Jesus, that will be true for us. If Jesus came out of the desert with a fresh sense of purpose and identity, when we take ourselves off into quiet places and spend time in solitude with the company of the one who knows us and loves us, we come back strengthened. We come back empowered. We come back having drunk life and and encountered life. And that begins to be the antidote to the internal noise. Because the internal noise is external pressures internalized, isn't it? Often it's, what am I doing with my life? You know, big sort of existential questions. That's what the internal noise is. Or worrying that we've, you know, done whatever overthinking things and that's as we spend time going into the wilderness so to speak into some time just alone with God we get that fresh sense of who we are We're, we spend time with the one who says I know you uh, in Song of Songs it says my desire is for you who says I'm always with you who says I have a plan and a purpose for your life you spend enough time doing that what happens is the internal noise starts to dial down because we have that sense of who we are, of how we fit, of what we're made for. Because the alternative is, and I again speak from experience, is that we self-medicate. And we self-medicate in all sorts of different reasons. I don't know how you self-medicate, but when I am in that place, if I haven't done the thing that I know I should do that I t encourage other people to do all the time and start you know, feeling all the things that we've already talked about, I self-medicate I self -medicate with watching junk TV to distract myself. I self-medicate by drinking sugary drinks because what they do is they give me a quick dopamine hit and I feel better for a little while. 
Uh, for you, it might be something different. It may be food. It may be things that you look at online. It could just be a sort of frenetic busyness, doing everything that we possibly can so that we don't have to confront some of this stuff and just begin to process it. And it is okay not to be okay. I am learning, but it is not okay to stay there. And it's when we take ourselves away and are with the one who knows us that some of those things begin to get addressed and we begin to get healing and we begin to get whole. We can't do it by ourselves. We weren't made to do it by ourselves. Now, as I said, um, well, I think we all know I like fizzy drinks and, and chocolate. Um, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But what I've learned to take the analogy in a slightly different direction is um, you can't live off fizzy drinks and chocolate or cake. I like cake too. <laughs> Fruit cake, not chocolate cake. It's a separate thing. It's a whole story about our wedding that I'll bore you with another time. Uh, we had chocolate cake for our wedding. Um, and, um, uh, you know, you can, you can survive on that for a day or maybe two or maybe three, and then your skin starts going, back, you know, not, not in a great place. You begin to feel tired and lethargic and all the rest of it. Because what you're doing is you're, what you need is a, decent, a proper meal. What I need in those moments is a proper meal. Sugar and caffeine will get me only so far. And in the same way, sugar and caffeine in our spiritual lives will only get us so far. Quick stolen moments here or there will get us so far. And they'll get us better than nowhere, but they won't be able to sustain us in, in the long run. I recognize we all have really full-on lives with lots going on. But if Jesus, who had arguably the most full-on life ever, needed time early in the morning, we read again and again, early in the morning, he disappeared off to, you know, to solitude, to spend time with God. If he needed it, well, so do we. And, you know, there are brilliant apps and there are brilliant tools available to us to help us do that. And by all means, you know, occasionally we need to just lock ourselves, spend an extra minute in the loo, just kind of reconnecting with God and with ourselves and with everything else. But I want to encourage us all, and I'm speaking to myself mostly, that we need to make it a priority to get away with him for decent amounts of time. I recognize that we live in a time-poor culture. But, you know, just being honest, I'm not as time-poor as I think I am, and neither are you. Because it's amazing how I'm not time-poor when it comes to watching uh, an episode of uh, The Simpsons. I've got loads of time for that. I got loads of time to, uh, to uh, connect with friends. But I haven't quite got enough time to steal myself away, maybe for just half an hour, 45 minutes, because I have got the time. It's just what I value with the time that I have, how I use the time that I have. And the same, and I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody here, the same is true for all of us. The, the, you know, I am not a morning person, so the morning is not a good time for me, but the evening is a good time for me. Uh, it may be that actually the best time for you is you get a lunch hour. Just spend half an hour of that, just, you know, uh, going somewhere quiet, sitting in a park, sitting in a cafe, getting your Bible out and just reconnecting. 
but find that place. And the other thing I want to encourage you to do is make it a regular time. If you want to create a habit, you have to keep doing it at the same time. And it, 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 you suddenly remember, oh, it's 1.59. That's my, that's my 20 minutes slot. That's my half an hour slot. If it's different times of day, you just, you know, life just gets busy and we do, it does get filled up. But if you know that there's a certain chunk of time that is not available for anybody else, you keep it. So I want to encourage us to do this. A couple of other really practical things that I want to encourage that will help both the external noise and the internal noise. Turn your phone off. And I'm really saying that to myself. If those of you who know me like, you know, I'm constantly distracted by my phone. Constantly. Yeah, we went to some really good friends of ours last night. I just turned it off. Put it on airplane mode. I had such a nice day. Just, I wasn't worried. I wasn't distracted. I wasn't thinking about anything else because my phone was off. Turn your phone off. Just do it. And I recognize for some of us, like, <gasps> you know, if someone really wants to get hold of you, they, they, will work, they will work out a way. But most of the time, it's just us allowing ourselves to be distracted. So just turn it off. Turn the television off. Go to bed a bit earlier. You know, you don't, I don't really need to watch that episode of Friends again. I've seen it like, I don't know, a million times. Just be a little bit ruthless with the elimination of things that are distracting you, making you tired, uh, making you, turning the volume up internally. Because when Jesus says, come away with me, he's saying it because, you know what, he actually enjoys our company. He enjoys being with us. You know, and, and I was having a um, quiet time the other day. Not a, not a particularly long one, but long enough. And I just, as I sort of shut the door, I felt Jesus just saying, I have been waiting for you. And it wasn't I've been waiting for you where you've been. It's, oh, I'm so glad, wow, I've been waiting. He is waiting for you. He is wanting to spend time with you. He is wanting to refresh and restore and renew your soul. And there is no life hack for this. There is no quick fix. Make a time in your day and make sure, come hell or high water or both, that that time is carved out for him alone. And I say that with loads of grace and loads of love. But we will not begin to deal with the epidemic of noise uh, unless, we, unless we do that. So I encourage us all to stand if that's okay. And I'm going to encourage you to close your eyes. I recognize for some of us the thought of silence sort of slightly terrifies us. And silence doesn't actually mean literal silence, but it's about stilling. Just allow ourselves, you know, there's a reason why God says, be still and know that I am God. When Elijah went and hid, God wasn't in the wind, he wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the fire. He came in a whisper. So just for these couple of minutes, 
just allow him to draw close to you, to say, to hear him say the words to you, I have been waiting for you. I have been waiting for you. You don't have to say anything to him. You just enjoy being with him as he is enjoying being with you. And then there'll come a time when, in the great words of those amazing sages, Depeche Mode, we will come to enjoy the silence. So, Father, would you draw close to us now? Would you let us know your peace that passes understanding? Would you begin to unravel those parts of us, that internal noise that is so debilitating, can be all-consuming? If our internal voices are left unchecked, the internal noise, everything is amplified. But when we begin to allow him to step into that space, we get perspective. And that's not that what we're going through isn't really hard or really tough, perhaps. But we're just reminded that we're not alone. Uh, I want to give you one more tip just as you keep your eyes closed, which is um, do the extra press up. And what I mean by that is um, my friend Charlie, who's a gym instructor, like a really good one, he said it's the press-up that you feel like you can't do that's the one that makes the difference. Allow yourself, allow God to take you beyond the place of your own discomfort. Because that's where he will really meet you, where he will really meet us when we choose to just do that extra, the, that bit where it still feels a little uncomfortable. And then we find next time we can do that a little bit more next time. Another press up.